Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Oxford Assembly of God podcast. If you have any questions, be sure to visit our website at oxfordag.org. And now, let's get into the message. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I've quit watching the news. But I, I do faithfully read the newspaper. I look at the COVID report. Then go to section two. For those of you who don't know, that's the sports page. And then I go to the D section. Anybody knows what's in the D section? The comics and Sudoku. <laughs> and just a week or so ago, I was reading in the comics. And Flow and Friends, that's the name of the top uh, of the comic had a statement that challenged me. It said, instead of tripping over stumbling blocks, dig a little deeper and make them stepping stones. How many thinks that's a pretty powerful statement? Instead of tripping over stumbling blocks, dig a little deeper and make them stepping stones. So thus my title for today is Make Your Obstacles Stepping Stones. Last week we spoke about the name of God, that He's a mighty God. He was mighty to save. And we realize that's true. As Christians, in order for us to make our obstacles stepping stones, we must acknowledge the omniscience of God. Now, I know some of you say, what in the world is omniscience of God? Well, that means that he is, knows everything. He is all-knowing. He knows our thoughts. He knows our ways. And even our words before we speak them. How else can we explain the verse that says all things Work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called into his purpose if he's not an all-knowing God. He is an omniscient, all-knowing God. Most of our passage today will come from the book of Genesis. But I want to begin by reading Psalm 139, the first six verses. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know me when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. In other words, he knows what you think. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind him before And lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot obtain it. What's it saying? We realize that you and I can never understand and comprehend the knowledge of God. There's no way because if you knew as much as God knows, then guess what? You're equal to him. But how many of you notice that you're not equal to God? He is an all-knowing, all-encompassing God. He is an omniscient God. We cannot understand it, but we can accept it. 
And when we do, when we accept that path, uh, that path, uh, Truth, we can understand when God says the paths of a righteous man are ordered of God. And then we can begin to believe that God can take those obstacles that we have in our path and turn them into stepping stones. Many of the founders of America, they use the term providence. I mentioned this Wednesday night. George Washington, our first president, used it often. Providence means literally divine guidance or care it is not a biblical term it did not originate until the 14th century but how many believes that God gives us some divine guidance and care that the providence of God is real that God knows what you're going through he knows what you're going to go through he knows your situation he knows your circumstance why because he is an omniscient God You see, every one of us have obstacles. Did you know that? Every one of us have obstacles. Have you ever heard, especially kids, young people say, life's not fair. Guess what? You're right. Life's not fair. How many knows that some people have more obstacles than others? Huh? There's some people, we all have obstacles. See, our environment may be an obstacle. Our culture may be an obstacle. Our education. Somebody asked me today, Pastor, did you get your doctorate? I said, no, I couldn't fill out the application. (laughs) Now, he thought I was teasing. But education can be an obstacle. Sex can be an obstacle. Race can be an obstacle. We need to acknowledge that and understand that there are many, many obstacles. But the amazing thing about being a child of God, He gives us the ability to turn those obstacles into stepping stones. Instead of destroying us, they can help lift lift us up. The story of Joseph is one of the longest commentaries in the Bible. 13 chapters from Genesis chapter 37 through Genesis chapter 50. Talks about the story of Joseph with just a couple of things sandwiched in there. So today we'll be through about 3 o'clock. No, I'm just teasing. We're going to talk about that story of Joseph. That Joseph, because his obstacles, I believe he turned into stepping stones. Now, some may not consider Joseph's first obstacle an obstacle. Because he was a favored child. He was a favorite child of his dad. Why? He was born uh, late in his uh, dad's life. He was the second youngest, first child of uh, his beloved Rachel. And he was a favorite. Now, you say, well, that's not, that's not an obstacle. How many knows that some obstacles, some of our strengths can become an obstacle? Some of our strongest points can become an obstacle. I've often thought, man, I wished I'd been born rich instead of all fired good looking. Now, some of you know, you know I'm teasing. But the reality is we, we can let a strong point, and even that appeared to be kind of a detriment to Joseph because his brothers hated him. Why? Because he was a favorite son. He was a favorite son. Now, He probably deserved that favoritism because the other kids were rascals. But he was a favorite son. 
And he was able to turn that into a stepping stone. But it could be destructive. Years ago, there was a young lady. And I'm not going to give you her name because some of you might remember her. But she had an awesome, awesome, awesome voice. And I told her, I said, you know, you've got a problem that you may not realize is a problem. You sing too pretty. I said, you're going to have to watch it because some people will be listening to you instead of listening to God. Now, I wish I had that problem. But how many knows that sometimes our giftedness, our strongest point, can become a detriment? But the amazing thing is if we begin to realize, thank you, God, for that gift. Thank you, God, for that ability then we can use that detriment, that obstacle, to become a stepping stone. Joseph's second challenge was he was a dreamer. Some say, well, man, that's not a bad thing. How can that be an obstacle? Well, unfulfilled dreams can cause us to lose focus. It can cause us to lose faith. It can cause us to throw in the towel. I hesitate going here, but I think I have to. Many Americans today are losing their focus on their walk with God due to what is happening in the political scene. Let me say it again. Many people are losing their focus. And if we lose our focus, then we're stumbling over that which is in front of us. How many thinks that God was surprised by the election? How many thinks that God was surprised by some of the executive orders? Our God is all-knowing God. Whether you agree with the present administration or the previous administration or neither one of them. Our God knows what's going on. I said our God knows what's going on. He's omniscient. And I'm sure that there were times during Joseph's life that his dreams begin to fade. What was his dream? Why did his brothers hate him? Because he told his brothers and his mom and dad, one day you're going to bow down and worship me. How many knows that's a great way to make friends? <laughs> one of these days you're going to bow down and worship me. The reality is that God knows what's going on. Whenever Jesus died on the cross, do you think any of that caught God by surprise? Do you know the reason they put a tomb in front of Jesus, I mean a rock in front of Jesus' tomb? It wasn't to keep Jesus in. He was dead. It was to keep the disciples out from stealing the body. But guess what? God took care of that whole situation. Why? Because our God's omniscient. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that Jesus was going to die. He knew that he was going to raise him from the dead. So sometimes those delayed dreams, and, and Joseph was a dreamer. I'm sure that during the time of Joseph's life, the 13 years from the time he was sold as a slave, to the time that he began to 
reign and help Pharaoh. Those 13 years were long, tedious years. And I'm sure there were many times that he wanted to throw up his hands and give up on his dream. And yet he never did. So we find that being a dreamer. Some of you say, well, my dream is it's not going to come true. I'm getting older. I've, I've waited and waited. The problem is, see, we think all of our dreams are supposed to be instantaneous. But I can tell you, if it's a God-given dream, not a self-implanted goal. Now, I believe in goals. But there's a difference between the goal that, and dream that God gives you. And that you know this God-given. Hang on to that dream. Hang on to that dream. And regardless of what goes on, let that obstacle become a stepping stone. What was his third obstacle? Well, we said he was sold as a slave. And you can record all of that over, read it all in Genesis. But he was sold as a slave. He's thrown into the pit. Any of you ever feel like you're in a pit? I remember a story that I, I really love about a little boy that uh, went to out playing with his neighbors. And it was getting late and he had to be home for dark and he knew he was not going to make it. So he took a shortcut through the cemetery and fell into a new grave, dug grave. Needless to say, he tried his best to get out, but being a little boy, he couldn't make it. But he wasn't overly worried because he knew that his mom would come get him out of the pit. He knew that his mom would show up later. He'd probably get a whipping, but he would get, get out of the pit. Well, as he was sitting at the end of the pit, he heard the town drunk coming. He was singing and carrying on and making all kind of racket. And he fell into the other end of the grave. And he tried to get out and couldn't. And the little boy just quietly said, you can't get out either. But he did. I can tell you, sometimes, sometimes you think, I can't get out of the pit. But I'll assure you, God will give you the motivation. God will give you the ability to get out of that pit because he will give you the ability to turn that obstacle into a stepping stone. What was, what was one of the other obstacles? He had a bunch of people that doubted him. His family doubted him. His brothers doubted him. Said, oh, you're loony. It'll never happen. And you know what? He could have said, you're right. It'll never happen. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to quit. But let's go to that scripture we referred to earlier in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, even being thrown into a pit. Even to being a dreamer in those delayed dreams. Even having strengths that can become a negative. Says all things work together for good. 
For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So there's a lot of times when family and friends and people are negative. They discourage us and throw a wet blanket on us. And you know, those people are out there. And if you're one of those, please try to correct it. Because there's enough criticism and negativity in the world. We don't need it in the church. Let me say that again. There's enough criticism and hatred and bitterness in the world. We don't need it in the church. We don't need you to be snuffing out somebody's dreams. We don't need you to be discouraging someone. We need a church full of Barnabases. You know, Barnabas wasn't even his name. Matter of fact, his name was Joseph. They changed it. Why? Because he was a nothing but an encourager. Everybody said, there comes the encourager. Now, I heard some people call on you, but they didn't call you that. Just saying. I noticed something. Now, I realize this is taking the scripture out of context, but it, but it blessed me. It blessed me. See, when he's when Joseph was a child and he told them that he was going to, they were going to worship him in Genesis chapter 37 verse 11 and his brothers were jealous of him but his father kept the saying in mind when we sang that song earlier I'm a friend of God I've got a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Listen, it does not matter what all the world is telling you. Your father holds those sayings in mind. He knows what you're going through. He's an all-knowing God. He knows what you're going through. And you know, somebody say, well, he doesn't understand. Look, he doesn't know how bad I've got it. Have you got it worse than Joseph did? Have you got it worse than Jesus did? Everything works together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. How can that be? Because our all-knowing God says, we got this. Don't listen to your negativity of your friends. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to what God would tell you. Use the doubts of others not to be an obstacle, but let it be a stepping stone. And some people say, I'm very, very competitive. All I know is, don't you tell me that I'm not going to do it. Don't you tell me that I'm going to lose. You know what that does? That's not an obstacle for me. That's a stepping stone. Because I'm going to do everything I can to prove you wrong. Let's take those obstacles that friends and family and others put before us and use the doubts of others not to discourage us, but to encourage us and let those obstacles become a stepping stone. 
Well, there's another obstacle that Joseph had to go through. And again, I encourage you to read all this story. But he was falsely accused. Potiphar, his first boss, gave him reign of the house. But Potiphar's wife looked on this handsome young man. And she tempted him, not just once, but daily. It went on for a period of time, and he wouldn't listen to her. He would not yield to that temptation. And so, you know what happened? She lied about it. She falsely accused him. And some of you have been through situations and circumstances, and I hate to say it, but some of you have been hurt by the church. Some of you have been hurt by ministers. Some of you have been hurt by families. But friends, you have to allow those hurts to go and make those hurts to become a stepping stone because they realize that they don't know the truth. See, the lies of the enemy. The Bible tells us that Satan is a liar. Says that he's the deceiver. So he's going to tell you that God don't care. He's going to tell you God doesn't care. He's going to tell you that, you that you can't make it. He's going to tell you this, 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 and this to cause you to want to throw in the towel and say, I'll never make it. But let me read you what the book says. The same book that tells us that God is an omniscient, all-knowing God says this in the book of Revelations chapter 12. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil, and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. And he was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God and our Father. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down in great wrath. But what am I saying? I'm telling you, I've looked at the end of the book. I've seen the scoreboard and we win. We win. We overcome. Why? Because God, the omniscient, all-knowing God, is also all-powerful. And he said that I am able and will do with you. All things will work together for good. Even when the enemy lies. Even when people throw cold water on their dreams. Even when people not listen. We need to learn to stand on God's word. Trust in Him, and He will turn those obstacles that we call accusations into stepping stones. The sixth obstacle was one of, to me, one of the saddest moments in this entire narrative. Joseph was in jail, he was in prison. And like he had done every other time, he had been accomplished, he was faithful, and he rose up even in prison, even in Potiphar's house, even in Pharaoh's household. He kept doing the right thing. But while he was there, two men had dreams. 
And he understood a little bit about dreams. Because remember, he was a dreamer. Those two men were Pharaoh's baker and his cupbearer. Now, his cupbearer was the one that checked his food out. Now, I never thought about this, and you don't have to accept this as being uh, truth or not. I just, just a thought I had. And if I have a thought, I have to spit it out before it dies of loneliness. So, uh, I thought this week that, you know, I wonder if the baker and the cupbearer that one of them tried to kill Pharaoh. Because they were in prison. And I just got thinking, well, you know, these are the people that protected him and watched what he ate. And if one of them tried to poison him, he said, I don't know which one it is, but y'all both go to prison until I figure it out. Well, they had dreams. Joseph interpreted those dreams. And the first one was the cupbearer. And he said, I got you good news. In three days, you're going to be restored. And the other one said, hey, that's pretty good. Let me hear Let him interpret my dream. He said, three days, you're going to. Yeah. He didn't like that. But guess what? It came true. It came true. And the only thing that Joseph asked him, would you remember me? Would you remember me? And I can guarantee you, I don't know how many people are here in person. And I don't know how many people are watching online. But I can tell you, there's a bunch of you that have asked that question. Maybe your boss, maybe your family, or maybe even thank God, I've been forgotten. Last week, or week before last now, I went to an auction. There was a guy there that saw my Oxford AG shirt and began to talk to me. And I was able to, I just had prayer with him. But he said, would you do me one favor? Now, I hate to admit this, but I was expecting him to say, would you give me something? Would you loan me something or do something? And I was blown away. He said, will you do me one favor? Will you not forget me? Will you not forget me? And I've been praying, say, God, let me remember him. To lift his name in prayer. And if I ever see him again, that I recognize him. I know some of you say, well, you don't recognize me. I understand that. That's one of my weaknesses. But I, I said, God, I want to know that. Because he said, I don't want you to forget me. Some of you have been forgotten. Joseph was forgotten for two years. Two years in prison after he had done so much for that man, after he escaped, he said, the only thing I want you to do, not try to get me out, just remember me. But he was forgotten. How many thinks that's a pretty big obstacle? Some of you think that God's forgotten you and you're ready to quit. You think God's forgotten where you are. He's an all-knowing God. He knows where you are. He sees you. He understands what you're going through. And he has not forgotten you. What if? What if that cupbearer had not forgotten him? What if he went to Pharaoh two days or two weeks later and said, Hey, hey, 
hey, hey, boss, I forgot. But there was a man in prison that he interpreted my dreams. He might have said, hey, go down there and tell him to let him go. He would have still been a slave. He still would not have had a place to go because he was nobody. But see, in God's timing, two years later, the guy said, oh, I forgot. Pharaoh, I just remembered a guy that interpreted my dreams. He was forgotten. For two years. But he kept doing what? Everything about his life is Joseph kept being faithful. He kept being obedient. The Bible tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. To listen better than the fat of rams. What's that mean? That means that only thing God's asking you to do is to be obedient. Being obedient because he knows what you're going through. He knows your thoughts. He knows even what you're going to say. He knows you. And he knows what's down the road. And if he's called you for a purpose, he said all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. The last obstacle. Every obstacle that comes along is intended to make us a, a better person. Unfortunately, some people think it happens to make them a bitter person, and they're quite accomplished at that. But God wants us to be a better person. And I, I really believe that Joseph was a better person 13 years after he was sold into slavery than he was when he went into prison. Because he kept being faithful. And God made him a stronger person. He prepared him for that leadership that he was going to step into. And I can tell you something. That was an awesome leadership job that he had. Second in the kingdom. All of that college of hard knocks that he had gone through. All those trials. All those false accusations. They had prepared him. For a job that no one else could do. And after Jacob died, that was a father. After Jacob died, his brothers, they figured we're dead meat. You know, as long as dad was here, he tolerated us. But dad's gone. What are we going to do? And these same connivers, they got together and said, well, let's tell Joseph that dad said, that dad said that he needed to be good to us. Another lie. But you know what Joseph said? Joseph said in Genesis chapter 50 verse 19, but Joseph said, do not fear. For am I in the place of God? In other words, I didn't put all this together. I didn't put all this together. Dog did. And as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Now notice he just didn't say our family. Many people, many 
Thousands and thousands of people were spared because of Joseph taking his obstacles and turning them into stepping stones. So there's a couple of things we sometimes forget about Joseph. One of them is that Joseph had two children. One of them he named Manasseh. You know what Manasseh means? God has caused me to forget. Now some of you need to grab a hold of that. Some of you need to let go of the past. It's been an obstacle long enough. Let me say that again. Some of you need to let go of the past because it's been an obstacle long enough. Let your past become a stepping stone. Let it become something that God said, what you intended or what they intended for evil, God intended for good. And God has caused me to forget the hurt. He's caused me to forget the bad feelings. He's called me to forget being forgotten. The second son was Ephraim. You know what Ephraim means? God has made me fruitful. We can modernize that and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done in us and through us. And we didn't see it going on. We went through a lot of obstacles. You overcome a lot of obstacles. But we kept using those obstacles. Digging a little deeper, as Flo said. And stepping on them and making them stepping stones. Then secondly, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered into the service of Pharaoh. We don't know all the time frame. But the scriptures tell us he was about 17 when he was sold into slavery. So for 13 years... He had a rough time. And I'm sure that if you ask him, those 13 years seemed like forever. See, time is all relative. You know, if you're reclining in your easy chair, 10 minutes is not bad. If you're sitting on a hot stove, 10 minutes is a long time. So it all depends on what you're doing. But he understood something that for 30 years... First 17 was great. 13 years was terrible. But he lived to be 110 years of age. So for 80 years, 80 years, God blessed his life. And even during his last moments on earth, during his last weeks or months, he still had one more dream. See, God had promised him, said, you're not going to stay there. And so Joseph made his family promise that his bones would not be left in Egypt. 400 years later, when Moses led them out of Egypt, guess what somebody had to do? They had to carry those bones. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. They had to carry them for 40 years in the wilderness. Why? Because Joseph understood something. He understood something that God's word was true. And he said, don't you leave me in Egypt. So as we partake of communion today, I would like to encourage you to reflect 
on how Joseph turned his obstacles into stepping stones. And then ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you today because as many people as we have here, as many people we have listed online, there's that many different journeys. And God knows every one of them. But ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you so that you can do the same thing. That you can turn those obstacles into stepping stones. And to do that, you may need to repent. Say, what do you mean repent? See, you may have depended upon your own abilities, your own talents, and failed to depend upon God. You may have listened to family and friends. You may have listened to the deceiver. And I don't know why I'm saying this again. I didn't in the first service. But I really believe that there's some that you've allowed hurt and being forgotten cause you to lose your focus. But today I'd like for ask us, let's renew our focus. Today, let's acknowledge that we are more than conquerors. Remind ourselves that if God be for us, what? Who can be against us? That today, God would help us to turn our obstacles into stepping stones. Father, we worship you. Let's prepare our hearts to receive communion today. And yield ourselves to the moving of His Spirit. Thank you for listening to the OAG podcast. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God Church, be sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G.org.